should have lived to be good morning by Belladonna Took's son, as if I was selling buttons at the door. Beg your pardon. You've changed. I'm not entirely for the better, Bilbo Beckins. I'm sorry, do I know you? But you know my name, although you don't remember I belong to it. I'm Gandalf. And Gandalf means... Me. Not Gandalf, the wandering wizard who made such... And fireworks as long too. Used to have them on Midsummer's Eve. Oh. <clears throat> no idea you were still in business. But where else should I be? <clears throat> well, I'm pleased to find you remember something about me, even if it's only my fireworks. Well, that's decided. It will be very good for you. The most amusing for me. What? No, 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 wait. We do not want any adventures here. Thank you. Not today. No. I suggest you try over the hill or across the water. Good morning. Welcome, this is Beyond the Hate, I'm Steve. And I'm John. You remember the days whenever we were way, way younger, before we had a podcast, we used to use Eye of the Tiger to start off our uh, our uh, little talks. Yeah, uh-huh. Remember, that shit used to get us so yeah. pumped. Eye of the Tiger. Yeah. Yeah. That well, was some We weren't shit. huge Rocky fans, but we love Survivor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, but today... We're going on an adventure. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about The Hobbit. Yep, we're finally getting to the Hobbit movies, and holy fuck, do people hate these three movies. This is an epic trilogy. Holy shit, people hate this. That we love There's like so 1,500 much. comments on IMDb, and a good chunk of them are pure hate. <laughs> hey, that's, this is what we do. Listen up, hate us. Yeah. There's when this is over... This. If you still hate this, it's only because you hate yourself. Yeah, right. <laughs> and just to be fair, we hate you too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we try to be beyond the hate, but some things you some things just have to be. We try but, to be beyond the hate on uh, pop culture topics, not people. We, yeah, we hate some people. Yeah, but as far as this movie goes, um, this is the beginning of the Hobbit trilogy. Uh, and the fact that it's even a trilogy is a whole other sticking point. 
Yeah, people so, don't like that. I mean, and I do have I do have a comment about that. So okay, I was almost about to say, should we save that for the third one? Like, how <laughs> do they make three of these? It's like it's pretty easy. Yeah, uh, Tolkien wrote a fucking lot. Yeah, he so. he he was what you would call a writer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, just to start off with a little bit of fact, this movie made more than any of the three Lord of the Rings movies did. Um, so. It made a billion. It was a billion dollar movie. Yeah. So so that's I mean, and that's the thing I think for for the people who wanted to complain about like you know how did they take you know one kid's novel that he did for the Hobbit and turn it into three movies? It's like, well, you might not like that idea, but there's a ton of people that did because everybody went to go see it. We went to go see it. We watched all three of these in the movie theater. We did. And uh, let's go ahead and explain your uh, sporadic hiccups. Right, yeah. So, what are we drinking today, John? Yeah, so I'm drinking, uh, this is uh, Bell's, uh, what is it, Bell's Brewery uh, Company in uh, Comstock, Michigan. <laughs> I, I read that wrong the first time I yeah. read it. Yeah, <laughs> no, Steve's looking at it with his drunk eyes. And I'm not like, drunk. He's like, Comstock? No. Comstock, Michigan? <laughs> Is yeah. that where Jim Harbaugh's from? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, he's from a town called Khaki. Um, Khaki, Michigan? Yeah. Um, but uh, this is the uh, special double cream stout. And it's uh, it's actually, it's pretty good. Like, I, I don't know, maybe I have, I have kind of a side taste besides the bourbon barrel stuff. I kind of like these like coffee style stouts. Right, right. Because this is another one of those. I didn't really... I knew that it had like it said that it has uh you know some roasted malt in it and it has uh, uh what does it say uh chosen to impart notes of rich mocha and espresso. And yeah. So it's, it's very coffee it has it has a really good taste to it. We give it a 3 out of 3. Yeah, it's a 3. It's it's really good. I think it tastes a little Lindsay Lohan in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so if you imagine the taste of Lindsay Lohan <laughs> in a is, beer <laughs> this is bottled low hand right which yeah, is delicious because we make fun of her yeah we're big fans we're yeah big fans um get your shit together Lindsay. anyway get it together yeah get in the mcu phase four yeah exactly <laughs> that that's that might be how she could turn her career around it's like look okay or things stuff with charlie sheen everybody you know calling her a slut and all that kind of stuff it's like you could wipe all that away if you can get into the marvel universe you get that MCU, you can fucking turn your career around. Look at what it did for Downey. Uh, Downey's career like resurrected as soon as he became Tony Stark. So, for the next but, Iron Man, Lindsay Lohan, right? <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the Hobbit movies in in particular, I think that uh, for the people who are like fans of Lord of the Rings, a lot of people were thinking like, oh, well, yeah, okay, so. And they had like cause they had director troubles because I remember like it was uh, Guillermo del Toro was supposed to do this originally. Yeah, there's going to be then, a lot of Americans in that movie if del Toro was uh, directing it too. Ron Perlman was supposed to be in the movie. Oh, really? Was he going to be you one know. of the doors? Um, no, oh, he was he, supposed he, to he, be. He uh, no, he was going to be. Uh, yeah, what's the one that changes into different creatures? In the second one, it doesn't have anything to do with this one, but um, uh, or was it the third one? Oh shit, I don't remember. No, it was the second one. The what was his name? The big dude that turns into like a bear and stuff. 
Uh, oh damn, I can't think of it now. It doesn't matter, but we'll get to that when we get to like Desolation of Smaug, right? And, uh, Battle like, of the Five Armies. He was, you know, it would have been a lot of different people in this, and yeah. like, you know, the casting choice for for Bilbo for this movie was like uh, Daniel Radcliffe was considered, yeah, Toby Maguire, uh, but Peter Jackson said his choice, his first choice was all always Martin Freeman. Yeah, um, the only reason that he even auditioned other people is because Martin Freeman was doing uh, Sherlock Holmes. Right. The one with Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, which is kind of funny because Benedict Cumberbatch is actually Smaug. Yeah, he's Smaug, <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, it, but I think like as soon as like Peter Jackson took over again, I think some people were kind of like, oh, okay. So some people were like, okay, cool. So it's Peter Jackson. He did an awesome job with Lord of the Rings. This will be great. Other people were like, oh, fuck, Peter Jackson again. And they were just really aggravated by that. And well, I don't. I don't like Del Toro. I mean. Yeah. And I, I like Guillermo. I like Guillermo, too. Like, Guillermo is good. I don't watch, like, all of his stuff because he does more, like, kind of, like, horror-style stuff. Like, Pan's Labyrinth that's just kind of, like, creepy and weird. Yeah. I like, just it, don't think he would have been the right person to direct these movies. Because it yeah. has to have a light tone to it. Also, kind of like the Lord of the Rings does, like it has some dark stuff, but then it has like the stuff that kind of cheers you up through the movie. That yeah. way, it's not all just dark and depressing. That way, it, so you do have your fun moments where it's like, you know, it feels like in like a real adventure movie, and then you have other moments where you're like, oh shit, yeah, like things are getting you know intense. Like uh, for for one example, it's like when Frodo's like turning on Sam and. You know, taking the golem side and all that kind of stuff, and then you pan over to Legolas and Gimli having a, you know, orc killing competition. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that still counts as one. Yeah, where he it's takes like, I took a lot of whole, all the Olafon. I think I should. <laughs> I should get bonus points for taking out the Olafon. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, but it's it, it, it's for this movie since uh, that was one of the main things that. Uh, uh, so I wonder, should we talk about like Peter Jackson first, or should we talk about the movie, uh, the the story being stretched to three movies? Uh, let's talk about Jackson first. We'll, and we'll, Jackson we'll discuss. Uh, we'll discuss the movies being expanded out. Uh, okay. So uh, let's see here. Okay, so because I had I had like a. Uh, Jackson pops up in a lot of these, so I had to make sure I had the right uh, the right section. <laughs> Because, oh my god, people hate Peter Jackson. I even had one guy that was like, this is as terrible as the shit that um, uh, it, it, James Cameron comes up with. Like, some people were, like, saying that, like, you know, he's as shallow as a director as James Cameron. Oh, James Cameron, the highest grossing director of all time? That uh, James Cameron? Yeah, that would be that oh, guy. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so, so I'll, I'll, I'll say it like this. So it says... This is what happens if you let a soulless illiterate with no knowledge nor respect like Peter Jackson. Okay, New Zealand's going to war right now with this motherfucker. Okay, sorry. sorry. Let me me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. finish. I'm still working on shit here. I'm sorry. I just Uh, felt like uh, New Zealand's going to war with this motherfucker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, Nor respect like Peter Jackson. um, uh, With no knowledge nor respect like Peter Jackson direct a Nobel caliber book into a movie 
He is barely knowledgeable to direct a popcorn flick. What do you expect? A miracle? It simply didn't happen. This movie sucks from beginning to end, and all that is achieved while making tons of money is to irritate Tolkien's uh, Tolkien's fans and uh, lovers and connoisseurs, and there are many of us out there. I doubt Peter Jackson ever even read Tolkien's books, because if he did... That would have uh, that would really give his doctor some good reasons to rethink his medication uh, administration. Peter, life ain't fifty percent MTV and the rest video games. There is literature as well. We appreciate you aren't interested, so leave it alone. Read the books, love the books, understand the damn books, then make the movies out of them, or at least respect the books, especially the ones you didn't understand. Tolkien had far better writing skills than you untalented bunch of amateurs of labeling the book uh, only uh, the only book present in your bookcase history of filmmaking through popcorn flavors. Stop abusing the, his wonderful work. This abuse doesn't stop there. He had two accomplices as well. Uh, number one being Fran Walsh, uh, Peter's untalented wife. Jesus, he hired his wife. She's pretty, I'll give you that, but... Uh, she's a former member of a lousy punk rock band and author of a few embarrassingly awful B-movie scripts, all of them for Peter Jackson. Wow, what an impressive resume. Let's hire her as a screenwriter for one of the most known and loved masterpieces in the history of mankind, The Lord of the Rings. Uh, his, uh, he is an overweight and unattractive man, and she looks gorgeous. We all know how it works. You want to make her happy, or you have to. Why don't you produce her punk rock album by her and Aston Martin? Must an uh, all-time literature wizard be involved at all cost? God help us. Could Jackson not hire his children as hobbits, his dog as Gollum, and his grandpa as Gandalf and make it a silly TV comedy reality show with a laugh track? It looks like he just doesn't give a damn. Number two is Philippa Boyens, the writer, in quotes, responsible for the most dumb ideas uh, inspired destruction in the Lord of the Rings script. After misunderstanding completely the original story of a masterpiece worth of a Nobel Prize, she had the nerve to say that she knew better than Tolkien himself how to keep the tension high the tension of a story. She actually said that in an interview, I promise. Probably a pronoid, which I'm not sure what they mean by this, but probably a pronoid, a person convinced despite any visible evidence to be considered by a genius by everybody. Problem is, she isn't close to as anywhere as close as talented as arrogant. Her scripts are awful. Something a bored hairdresser would have been better. Uh, something a hairdresser would have better written during a manicure pause while watching Desperate Housewives on TV. Wasn't there a real writer available? The two writers who had the nerve of destroying the work of a genius, flattening a deep multi-layered masterpiece into a college or collage of daft garden variety and redundant CGI manure. Uh, remember the Donkey Kong Faramir scene? Remember the super Legolas using a shield as a skateboard or a hyper free climbing uh, on the back of an Oliphant crossbreed with a skyscraper? <laughs> yes, I remember all those things. And all yeah. those things were amazing. So, ton of hate in there for there is fantastic and his two writers sounds like uh just the first thing sounds like the person our people that wrote this are very jealous of peter jackson pulling off a gorgeous and talented woman actually most of that hate seems like it's derived at women being a part of this at all right 
Um, Fran Walsh uh, wrote all the Lord of the Rings movies. Uh, screenplay. Yeah. Uh, for all of them. And also uh, The Hobbit. A lot of people don't know what writing a screenplay means. Um, you adapt the story that is written to how it will be shot on screen. Right. That's a screenplay. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you're not actually writing an entire original story. Someone else has written that. They wrote the script. Then you write the screenplay. Right. That's why multiple writers are usually credited to movies. Obviously, this guy didn't know this, even though this was probably Scorsese, right? Scorsese probably wrote this because um, you had to be super qualified. Yeah, to no, make this those... was actually written by Brian De Palma. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. this jackass yeah. on IMDb is nothing like Brian De Palma. So this guy's probably never directed or written a movie. Uh, <laughs> most likely not at all. Yeah. But he sounds like he's done fucking one like six Oscars. And he has the right to, to do that. But <laughs> well, this is like two different people, but it's basically it's the same level of butthurt. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. so you know, if it would have had to been like Oscar Wilde and fucking <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fucking Orson Wells and <laughs> But but the, the thing for me RKO? is like, did RKO write this? <laughs> I should have known. Yeah. <laughs> the, well, but uh, you know, she wrote the screenplay for King Kong also, and I love yeah. that. I love that movie also that Peter Jackson directed. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with two talented people working together to have a connection. You know, I mean, look at Will Ferrell and John C. Riley, you know, <laughs> the yeah. Nolan brothers. No one bitches about that, do they? Yeah, you know, Jonathan's the writer, Nolan, Chris is the director, and there you go. I mean, they've made some of the greatest masterpieces ever made. Yeah. Well, and then even like the Russo brothers, the Russo brothers. I yeah. mean, look what they're doing. What are you gonna do? Dude, I mean, the Russo brothers are shit. CGI fuckfest. It's like, yeah, I mean, it is CGI because the shit doesn't exist. Right. You can't just oh, we'll get like, into the CGI. We'll, we'll save that. Well, he said something about CGI yeah, yeah, in the comments. Well, that's not the so main point So I can point fucking talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the main point of this particular There's section. There's not a whole ton of the CGI in this movie, though. Um, well, it, apparently, according to the, uh, to the comments, everybody felt like this was like fucking Avatar, basically. Well, some of them were built sets, and a lot of them were just shot on site in New Zealand. Yeah. You know, I think people, I think partly, I think people believe that like that place doesn't actually exist. Oh, it does. It's, it's fucking called New Zealand. It's fucking beautiful. That's why they've always shot the Lord of the Rings style stuff. Yeah, there. the Shire is there. Yeah, it actually exists. They you fucking can... built it. It's still there. You can go to New Zealand right now and go to the fucking Shire. Right. It's there. Those houses that was built into the hills, they're there. Yeah, it's like a tourist attraction now. <laughs> That's why they didn't have to rebuild the set. They just went there and shot it when they're doing the scenes in the uh-huh. Shire. <laughs> yeah, because it's like nobody in New Zealand's gonna affect those things. They're they're kind of like a tourist attraction now, and you can actually mm-hmm. go to Hobbiton. You know, you can go to the town basically. You can go to the Shire and just walk around, and you can see the Hobbit holes. You know, and the farmland and stuff around them. You know, it's pretty cool. But the thing that got me about this was that like people questioning that he didn't even read the books. The reason that Peter Jackson does these is because he's read these books more than probably anything else in his life. Well, he's, he's read uh, the books. He got to read the stuff that wasn't published uh, from um, Tolkien's son, uh, Christopher. Yeah. Uh, he, he got to read all these things. And what we established was there was a lot of unwritten stuff that didn't get published from The Hobbit 
And Peter just decided to put it all in the movie. Yeah. And plus, there's just so much story to be told in The Hobbit. Let's say they did make it one movie. Right. You know how much shit has to go on in that one movie? Yeah. you just be rushing the movie through. Like, literally, you have to, in movie form, you have to figure out a way how to get Bilbo in the story. You have to get these hobbits. Uh, get the dwarves. Dwarves. Yeah. Uh, in the story. And then you have to set up Gandalf stories. And then, you know, the, the universe of Lord of the Rings also exists. Let's say they did that and didn't mention anything about Lord of the Rings through this whole Hobbit trilogy. People would have fucking hated it. Right. They would have hated it anyway. Yeah. Oh, people hate that they that, that is close to Lord of the Rings because that's another separate comment. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is, you know, 60 years later when the yeah. Lord of the Rings happens. But this stuff is what directly sets up the Lord of the Rings. Right. Well, and, and I think as far as, like, the story part of it goes... The fact that like people think that he doesn't know anything about the story, he doesn't understand Lord of the Rings, he doesn't understand Tolkien. He's probably the only director in, in Hollywood or anywhere else that actually does understand this stuff. And Philippa Boyens and Fran Walsh, they definitely understand this because they had to sit down and write three movies for the original Lord of the Rings trilogy. And, and a lot of them would have been like six hours long if they didn't cut most yeah. of the shit. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like Peter Jackson even said, he was like, you know, he's like, if if given time and opportunity, he was like, I probably could have, have done even more with each one of those chapters, each one of those movies. And uh, I think I think it was like Philippa. She was like, oh, dear God, stop him now before he starts getting ideas. Because she was like, she's like, it already takes long as hell to take all of Tolkien's work and put it into just a script and then yeah. to adapt it to a screenplay. That is a hell of a lot of work. And to say that you didn't understand anything or that like Peter Jackson's illiterate and didn't understand anything about the story. He's one of the few people on the earth that actually does understand this story. And he's kind of like an encyclopedia of Lord of the Rings. Cause he's always been a big fan of it. That's why he's the perfect guy to direct these because he has the passion for it. You know, you wouldn't bring somebody into, you know, the Lord of the Rings project in the early 2000s if it wasn't somebody like Peter Jackson that had all the enthusiasm because he's read these things so much that he, he knows exactly how to make the characters. And so, you know, all of the all the girls had to do was basically just take Tolkien's story and then put it into a script in a screenplay format. And then all Peter had to do was just take that and get the performance out of it so that the acting is like like it's right, supposed to be right. in the book. But when you think about how much work you have to do to take something like The Hobbit, which is you know a few hundred pages, and adapt that out into this large epic you know three movie trilogy, that is a lot of fucking work to set all that shit up and tie everything in this to the Lord of the Rings movies that come after it chronologically. Fun fact that's uh, uncredited in this is um, just so you guys know where the future of this guy probably lies um, <laughs> in the books. Golem only has, you know, one part in the books and um, Andy circus came in and shot a scene in the first week. Then throughout the rest of the movie, he stayed on as a second unit director throughout. Right. <laughs> so that's uh that's what Andy Serkis' future probably is going to be directing epics. Yeah. 
Um, because he's also he's pretty much like one of the best motion capture, yeah, he, you know, actors. Even just when you see him just on screen normally, like his claw in Black Panther, where he just has, you know, I mean, he's not really doing much motion capture stuff. I mean, his arm is missing, of course, because it's claw, but. You know, even in that, where he's just kind of just like a regular guy, and he's not a creature like Gollum, he still does an awesome job. Well, but as, as Gollum in this movie, his fucking performance of Gollum knocks it out of the park in this movie. Well, he's Caesar in the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, because he's yeah he's the the ape that starts the revolution. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he he does so much. And did uh, he also do the the capture for King Kong? Yeah. When Peter did King Kong, yeah. Then when he, he also did, did King the Kong, Kong he also uh, did that. Yeah. Capture as the as the ape. Yeah. Yes, I mean, he's one of the best. I mean, probably as known actors, who's probably next to him is Benedict Cumberbatch, and he was in, you know, The Hobbits as well. We'll talk about him later on. Yeah. Um, Smaug. Smaug Um, and the Necromancer. Right. But but let's, uh, let's talk about... Yeah, let's talk about it. This whole thing being stretched out into three movies. Okay. Since that's just kind of like the big elephant in the room. That is the. No, that's the elephant. Uh, the elephant in the room. That's the elephant in the room. That's the elephant in the room. Right. <laughs> we live in Alabama, so we like elephants. But yeah. uh, roll tide. Roll tide. Um, we're gonna beat the. One. We're gonna beat the Sooners rather than later. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're gonna get bounced out of the playoffs. It's like, oh, too soon. <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Ah, touche. But anyway, um, this so, uh, that's one of the 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 number one thing that I saw repeat when I was going through the comments. Almost, I would say eh, about ninety five percent of the comments, to a degree, were why did Peter Jackson split this into three movies? The Hobbit book is not that fucking long. Right, that's what everybody complained. Why did they take this into three movies? So I was like, well, let me dig in and see why everybody, why people dislike that. I'm like, if anything, my original thought was that I, I was like, this is cool because we get to be in the Lord of the Rings universe for a little bit longer than we were expecting. Right? Isn't that a good thing? Don't you want to be in this universe if they're going to go through all this work to make you know all these movies? They're about to make. They're about to spend a billion dollars. Amazon is to make an entire series based off Lord yeah. of the Rings. And then the people are gonna fucking be butthurt and complain about that. Like, no, see, the same people will probably be like, "I love this. That's a good idea." A yeah. Lord of the Rings TV series. It's they like want something to kind of compete against Game of Thrones. And it's like, oh, well, you just bitched about the Hobbit being three movies. Yeah, that was three movies. It wasn't a t- like a long running TV series. And the Hobbit book was three hundred and ten pages. Three hundred pages. Okay. Yeah, it's not like a child's book. Whenever you're fucking reading it, and it's like you know, 20 or 30 pages, it's 310 pages. Yeah. And it's complex pages. So there's a lot of story in there. Yeah. And you're not in a, you know, you're not going to make a Lord of the Rings movie without putting Legolas in it whenever he's like the most famous character on screen. Right, yeah. Especially it's Orlando Bloom. If Orlando Bloom's like, yeah, I'll come back and do it. Peter Jackson's like, fucking write him in. Yeah, put him in somewhere. I mean, tell me. The first time you was watching, you know, the second Hobbit movie and you seen Legolas come down and start killing fucking spiders, you weren't like, fuck yeah. Yeah. If you didn't, you have no soul. Right. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and see into the mind a little bit of the soulless here. So um, it says the Hobbit is a novel that made me fall in love with literature when I was a 10 year old. 
I read it every year for at least 15 years and a few times since, and it never fails to amuse and entertain me. Now I realize that there are a lot of people who love the Lord of the Rings movies, uh, most of whom who have never read the book. It was typical Hollywood adaptation, all sound and fury, signifying nothing. Peter Jackson upset millions of genuine Lord of the Rings fans, as well as the Tolkien estate, by rewriting the novel to make it uh, nothing more than a dull, overlong, and self-indulgent CGI popcorn movie. There we go with the CGI again, right? A popcorn um, movie thing too, right? Yeah, yeah. That, that this repeats a few times because that was it's, it's so hated. I just had to keep it in. Uh, I had hoped, given that The Hobbit is a much simpler and lighter tale, that Jackson might restrain himself and just tell the story. But no, once again, he has the arrogance to believe he is greater. He is a greater creator than Tolkien himself, and rewrites massive segments of the story, adding events and characters that didn't exist in the book which don't add any value whatsoever to the story. On the contrary, they make the movie dull, flat, boring, and overlong. There is no question that Peter Jackson is just milking this to rake in as many bucks as he can. It's cynical and calculated and lacking any respect for the source material. The addition of characters and story elements from Lord of the Rings who were not mentioned in the book is particularly distasteful. The previous Lord of the Rings films were each based on a single book. The Hobbit, more like a children's novel than the uh, than the other three, is a kind of a Tom Sawyer to the Huckleberry Finn example. Is just one book. Smaller oh, so than the, the racist other. to non-racist. Right. Got it. Okay. <laughs> it's just one book, smaller than any of the other uh, J.R.R. Tolkien books, and yet is being blown out into three enormous films. The first installment movie, which is The Unexpected Journey, runs 169 minutes. This puts a lot of pressure on a simple story, especially when you consider that Peter Jackson and his screenwriters really can't take liberties with the tale, not without incurring the wrath of millions. They must work with what they have, and what they have is quite enough for one pleasing and inventive two-hour movie, um, uh, not a nine-hour disaster stretched over three years. This pressure, this obligation to stretch everything to the limits of endurance and beyond is felt from the film's early minutes. The book, which is The Hobbit, simply does not warrant a trilogy of films. It should have been a single movie and nothing more. The pace in the movie is agonizingly slow and is filled with so many time-passing action sequences and special effects that you almost feel like you're about to have a stroke at the end of the movie. Three hours is spent on what is an hour's worth of material at the very most. This is probably one of the guys that also commented on how much he loved Rogue One. (laughs) <laughs> a movie made off a line in A New Hope. Right, yeah. Because uh. <laughs> that was one of the things we always heard. Because if you're going to compare it like that, it's like, you know, uh, you, you hear about you know the fact that the, the Rebels got a hold of the Death Star plans. Once. And, yeah, and <laughs> you hear about that once that, you know, that's uh, that you know Leia gets it and then she puts the plans in R2 and then that starts A New Hope, right? Uh, because R2 is trying to find, you know, General Kenobi so he can, you know, meet up with him and give him the Death Star plans and all that kind of good stuff. But it's like you took that, you took that one concept that the Rebels stole plans to the Death Star and you're like, fuck it, we can make a whole movie. But yet when you talk about like, hey, let's do a movie with Han Solo where we talk, where, you know, we show him meeting Chewbacca, we show him, uh, you know, meeting Lando, he wins the Millennium Falcon, we get to see the Kessel Run, all these things that you've heard about Han over the years, and people shit on that movie, and yet yeah. Rogue One is taken from 
one section of a new hope where they talk about the rebel one line one line where the rebels got the uh death star plans and you're like fuck we can make a whole movie out of this and people are like great take my money and it's like this you know and the the thing about the tolkien estate hating it if they hated what he did with the lord of the rings they wouldn't let him do the hobbit no they love peter jackson he's the guy that gets to read the stuff that hasn't been published yeah he is one of the people that are privy to that. Yeah. Well, but anything else, it's like it, if some people have went back and have bought copies of Lord of the Rings because they like the movie so much. Right. They're like, well, let me go back and read the actual novel and see how, how the novel is because I love this story. Maybe there's some stuff in there I would want to read. And a lot of times there is because I'll and even hear, hear <laughs> I, I even hear people say stuff like, Oh, well, that wasn't in the books. And then you go back and actually read the books and it's like, uh, actually it is. Yeah. And it's just not done in the exact same way. It's just done in movie form. But yeah, there it is right there. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think a lot of times what it is is that sometimes people, they either forget that like some characters existed. Like I remember like when we get to the second part, we'll talk more about Tariel. But people were like, you know, Legolas never had a relationship with a female elf named Tariel. And it's like, yeah, they made that up. I mean, they made that up for this story. But are you honestly complaining that they made a character like Tariel, who was a badass? Yeah, he was just trying to add more. Uh, they were trying to add more uh, female characters into the universe. Because in this first movie, you have like what? Like literally one female. It's like Gladriel. Like that's Gladriel. it. Yeah. Yeah. She's like the only woman in this movie besides maybe some of the other elves that you see. At Rivendell, but I mean, are are you really going to complain about seeing um, Evangeline Lily? Yeah, Evangeline Lily. I mean, seriously, is is that your complaint? (laughs) Like, my complaint is, why wasn't there more of her? Right. You know, her and Legolas. I mean, maybe a little less of her in the dwarf relationship, but that made sense in the end. Yeah. You know, it's just a little weird because you figure that the romance should be between her and Legolas. Yeah. Like the forbidden love. It is because, but. It's like she knows she can't be with Legolas, but you know, in the end, she probably should have just went with Legolas. But yeah. it wouldn't have made any sense because I mean, he because is, then he you would have been like, well, she's definitely dead because he left, you know, and found um, Argon and uh, Aragorn, yeah, yeah, and then uh, where was she this whole time? She had to have been dead. It's like nope, she, she, you know, she went uh, back to the kingdom. Yeah, and. I you know I think that especially in 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 this particular movie when you have all these different things going on it's like the thing the thing that one thing that they said was that you basically have these like action sequences that are like you know agonizing to go through if you're seeing them escaping from the fucking goblin kingdom and you're fucking bored during that I don't know what the fuck's wrong with you. That is the most awesome shit in this movie. Is. Is seeing the doors fucking fighting the goblins. And the riddle with the golem. I mean, that's yeah. And then you awesome. even and then the whole sequence between uh, Bilbo and Gollum, where they're doing the the riddle exchange, you know. And then he's like, it was, know, what's in my pocket, you know, and that whole thing. And then he ends up with the ring. It was done in one continuous take. Oh, really? That whole scene. Okay. Between so, Andy Serkis and Martin Freeman. So he was in the mocap suit that entire sequence. In that entire sequence, and they did not cut once. Oh wow, that's that's a <laughs> Martin Freeman and Andy Serkis chemistry right there. Yeah, you know, <laughs> to, yeah, to be that they could actually do that 
in like one take and Peter Jackson's just like, let him just go, let him go. Well, it's just, you know, Martin Freeman, like we were talking earlier, like is the perfect, you know, Bilbo Baggins. Right. You know, especially whenever the first, you know, the original is Ian Holmes. Yeah. Ian Holm. That's the thing. Like I even said, I was like, if you, if you, if you look at Martin Freeman and then you look at Ian Holm, you think like, okay, when Martin Freeman gets older, he will look like Ian Holm. That makes sense. It's like when they casted Ewan McGregor to be the young version of Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're like, when he gets older, he will look like Sir Alec Guinness. Yeah, I you think know? I think it's it like wouldn't perfect have casting. Yeah, I don't think it would have been Martin Freeman if it was Del Toro. I think it probably would have been Daniel Radcliffe because he looks like a hobbit anyway. Kinda. Like, he can he can pull it off. He you know, fame of Harry Potter. Crossing the universes though from the Harry Potter. Harry Potter world Lord, That's like you Lord can't you world. can't be that fucking famous Radcliffe. Yeah, you can't be like really. It's yeah. almost like a, a monopoly on fantasy. If he actually yeah. somehow got in the Hobbit or Lord of the Rings stuff, it's like, dude, chill the fuck out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to be Bilbo and Harry Potter. You, yeah, you that's get to, you get one universe <laughs> and you get to stay in that universe. That's horse shit. You gotta yeah. stay in your own universe. You can't fucking have all the universes. Yeah, you can't cross the streams. <laughs> Um, never cross the streams until you know <laughs> Egon tells you, you right yeah and then he's like cross the streams and he's like that's bad yeah. right probably <laughs> let's cross the streams right yeah because <laughs> eventually they get to a point where they're like fuck it let's just try it anyway yeah let's try it anyway um, it's like I thought that was bad <laughs> um but uh but I think that like just even like just the amount of stuff that you have to get to because you have to you have to show them getting you know on a good chunk of their journey until they can get to where um, like at the end of the movie when the eagles drop them off and the eagles kind of take off and they go to go the band the eagles, eagles stuff. right what's that the band the eagles right yeah 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 they yeah, drop exactly. them off yeah the eagles drop them off and they're you know off their tour bus um, and their aeroplane. <laughs> But uh, the Eagles drop them <laughs> off, right? And then they like look over and they can see the Lonely Mountain and they're like, okay, yeah, that's shit. awesome. We don't have, you know, we, we have a little bit to go, but we can see the mountain now. We actually can see the target in sight. Yeah, you know? I, I love that scene too in the end because Thorin's like, didn't I tell you you were a burden? Didn't I tell you you had no place amongst us? Yeah. And then, I've and then, never been so wrong right. in my life. <laughs> yeah, I've never been so glad to be so wrong in my life. And then he throws the hug on him, and yeah. then, you know, Bilbo's like, "Oh shit, okay, I actually, yeah. can kind of work with these guys." Because he went down there to basically die for Thorin because uh, Azog was about to kill him. Yeah, and he uh, saved him. Azog <laughs> and Young Jeezy. <laughs> <laughs> That's their new album. I mean, they're coming out. Michael Banu, you know. Yeah, Isn't yeah. that his name? Michael Banu? Um, but, nah, I don't remember off the top of my head. I, anyway, I, he's off of Arrow. He's a really cool Australian guy, I want to say. I hope I didn't mix it up. I hope he's not a New Zealander. New, yeah. Because Aussies don't like, uh, like yeah. you know, like if, you, if, you, if you're a New Zealander and then you, you're called Australian, they get pissed. Yeah, I hope I didn't mess that up, but I think he is Australian. <laughs> but if I fuck that up. Uh, don't just email him. us. Don't at tell. No, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> okay. Don't give it out. Don't give it out. <laughs> the dude's the dude's gigantic. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Email us at beyondtheadylive.com. <laughs> yeah. That guy is gonna come over to beat our asses. He has like not shit to do. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> he's too busy for that. Yeah, exactly. But uh, but I think that 
you know, when people talk about like, you know, padding the story out, you have to be able to get to a, a point where you've told, you know, this, the early section of the story of them dealing with the trolls, them getting captured by the goblins, going to Rivendell and kind of figuring out what's going on with the necromancer. You know, why is all this like weird evil shit happening in the forest? You have to show Radagast because, you know, Radagast is kind of like, you know, he's he's involved in this because he ties the necromancer story in because he's the one that's telling Gandalf, like, look, you know, the forest is going fucking crazy. And he's like he's like the forest wizard. So he's like, the forest is going crazy. I've seen these weird, weird ass spiders that I've never seen. I've never seen before. And then Gandalf's like, yeah, okay, well, totally me- ripped it off Skyrim. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're going through the forest and you have to shoot the spiders. Yeah, exactly. But like, is it, they've made like six Transformer movies and a Bumblebee spinoff. You can't make three movies out of The Hobbit? Come on. Right, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's like you have to show all these different things happening and it's like there's a lot of emotional stuff that they have to go through. And even, you know, going to the Rivendell thing, that's pretty important because it's the first time that you see the dwarves at least entertaining the idea that they could work with the elves, even though shit didn't work out for them in the past, they, they might be able to do something with the elves now because even Gandalf's like, look, the, the problem that you had with Thranduil's elves, the Mirkwood elves, these aren't the same like tribe of elves. Yeah, it's I mean, Elrond. It's Elrond. This I mean, is- he, he, a lot of people don't know this. He created Rivendell. Yeah. Elrond was the founder of it. Yeah. He's been ruling that place for 5,000 years. Yeah. He's one of the the people that led the battle against Sauron to to take Sauron out when he was at full power and had a body and everything. When he had all the rings. (laughs) Or he had the one ring, you know, that gave him his power and that kind of thing. But I I just think that with as much stuff as you have in the Silmarillion and the stuff that you have in The Hobbit that he added in that he was, you know, like you said, they gave him access to some of Tolkien's writing that was unfinished and he never published right. it. And they were like, well, this is, you know, J.R.R.'s work. So if you want to take some of these story elements and adapt it into what you're doing for this, you can borrow from this, take elements from it. It was all, you know, Tolkien's original work. So, you know, have fun if you can do something with this. And I think that's the thing that people don't realize is that he's taking things from the Simorian. He's taking things from the estate that were never published and he's putting them in here because I think Peter to a degree was like, I might not ever get to do any of this stuff from the Simorian. You know, he's like, you know, my career might be in a different place. I might not ever have a company that's willing to do that. I might do mortal engines. You know, he might need to go ahead and try (laughs) and get as much as he can into this while he has the opportunity, you know, that's, I think part of it is that I think some people don't realize a lot of times people have no fucking clue what happens with these movies behind closed doors, like what information somebody has and to just automatically assume that he's just adding shit that didn't exist in the novels. Well, you don't know exactly what he had access to. There might've been a lot of things he added in this that wasn't in, you know, the original books that were published, but they were things written by Tolkien. Tolkien wrote a ton of shit that never got released. That's yeah. why the Silmarillion exists. It was a collection of stuff that his son found and like released as like a finished work. Well, he finished writing it. Yeah, he so finished. It wasn't he done. It he, he finished writing it. Yeah, he filled in the gaps that J.R.R. did not finish because he, he died before he was able to finish the work. Yeah. Because it took him like 20 years to write a book. Right, yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. But I mean, when you think about the just how much, just 
thinking about Tolkien for a second. He he wrote his own languages. Dwarven mm. is its own language. Elvish is its own language. Yeah, he created those. Yeah, he created those fucking languages. The orcs have their own language. You yeah. know, and then there's and then there's the language of of Sauron, which I forgot what it's called. What is that language called? It's basically it's like a it's like a cursed version of Elvish mm-hmm. because even the ring is inscribed in Elvish, but it's cursed because it was created by Sauron. That ring was so. See, that would have been a cool series if Amazon did it. If they just did it about Sauron, about yeah, about like Sauron's early that days would have been cool. coming to power. Well, that would have been really cool to see because you would have because you would have seen like the old human kingdoms. You would have seen the old Dwarven kingdom. You would have seen like Erebor and. And those kind of places, you, you would have seen, seen everything, and then yeah. you could have just got Benedict Cumberbatch to be him. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, because I mean, you know, it, Cumberbatch is like a workaholic. He would do like a full Amazon series, and then do six movies in the year. Yeah, because it's like, when do you get off? I don't get off. Yeah, he's like, I. <laughs> I use the Time Stone. Right. Yeah, that's just in the movie. Is it? Is it? <laughs> like, I actually have the real eye of, of Agamotto. They're like. <laughs> Does Benedict Cumberbatch actually own like some real artifacts? Like, does he actually own this shit for real? It's like, no, he just works a lot. No, I'm kind of thinking that's true because, <laughs> I mean, look at how look at how good he looks still, and he works yeah. all the time. He's got to have some kind of secret where he can like do a movie and then jump around through time and do other movies. You know, like, yeah. who fucking knows? It's he like might... you got the little uh, time device from uh, Hermione from Harry Potter. Even though she could have used it for a lot of different stuff, but she uses it to do homework. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, but uh, I, I just think that for, you know, for people who wanted to say that, you know, Peter ended up stretching this out too much. It's like, we don't, I don't think we should be, you know, judging these movies by the runtime that, like this first movie is is fucking really fun to watch because you've got all these different things going on, and like I was saying, you know, like one of my favorite parts of this is when they're trying to escape from the from the Goblin Kingdom. Yeah, that's fucking epic. Like all of the shit that happens there, and they're like fucking fighting all these goblins on the on the the walkways and everything. Was the line out of the frying pan and into the fire? <laughs> as soon as they get out of there, then they got to deal with the fucking orcs. Orcs, now. and he's like, run, run, run. Yeah. <laughs> We need to get the fuck out of here. You need to be and leaf. <laughs> fucking eagles come though. It's over. Oh yeah, no, the eagles show up, man. It's like it's like fucking. It almost reminds me of like uh, like Top Gun, you know? Like it would be like if Goose and Maverick and Iceman and yeah, and all those guys like showed up. It would be like, oh fuck, yeah, you guys are fucked now. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are fucking done. Yeah, you guys are done now. These eagles don't play. The Iceman is. Right, yeah, they would just they just pick your ass up with their claws and just deposit you off the cliff. Yeah, Azog's like, "Fuck, let's yeah. get out of here." Yeah, let's fucking retreat. <laughs> they were already kind of pissed about the fact that they were like, you know, trying to cut them off with the fire because they were setting the because Gandalf started setting the pine cones on fire, yeah. and then they're like, "Oh yeah, let's throw the pine cones and like start creating that brush fire." And then they're like, "Well, shit, now we got to deal with the flames." And then the eagles show up, and they're like, "Oh, now we're double fucked because." You know, we can't get to them, and then we can't fucking escape from the eagles because they just snatch us from the from Yeah, the they just, just pick them <laughs> up, and then they just fucking throw, throw them off the cliff and all that kind of stuff. The eagles are the best. Yeah. I know a lot of people, and uh, the, the end of it was like, well, why didn't the eagles just take them all the way? It's like, the eagles aren't going to go anywhere near the dragon. No. 
<laughs> yeah, they're not. I mean, that's that was one of the things. Since we're randomly talking about the Eagles, that was one of the things they said about the original Lord of the Rings. They're like, why wouldn't the Eagles just like fly them to like the edge of Mordor and drop them off? They're not going into the Mordor. Eagles are not going anywhere near Mordor. They're like, we can help out to a degree. But we are not going anywhere near Sauron. We're not going anywhere near that fucking. Well, tower. the Eagles were afraid to go into Mordor, just in case you uh, didn't read the book or you know uh, know anything about it. They would, if they got corrupted, the Eagles did. It would almost be game over, right? Because, because they're like almost unstoppable. Yeah, because I mean, of their because they they're uh, Maiar spirits like Gandalf is like right? Gandalf. Yeah, yeah that's why he can summon them. Yeah. But if they go in there and they get corrupted, it would just basically like having a flock of Saruman's, you know, but they're more powerful. So the Eagles are always on the side of good, but they stay away from corruption and evil. Like they can come yeah. help you. But, but they're they, not going to get too close. They're not going to get too close. Something like Smaug, they don't really want to deal with Smaug. Yeah, they don't want to. Nobody really wants to deal with Smaug. No. But the best thing that could have happened was he was defeated because... You can't really persuade him, but you might be able to um, um, offer him gold and stuff like that to yeah. kill some people because that's what he loves. Yeah, that's why he has a, the whole fucking treasury of Erebor basically as like his bed. He sleeps in the coins like Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, he slept there for years. Yeah, I always thought it was kind of funny how, you know, it, it's interesting, you know, like a lot of times, like when uh like you have those videos you're showing me from that funny main dude where it's like mm. the dude's like you know we want bama mm-hmm. you know it's like people being like we want smog you don't really want smog you don't really want smog you don't really want bama you don't really want smog unless because... you bard yeah bard's a motherfucker <laughs> yeah. oh too bad legolas left before he attacked yeah cuz that shit would have been ov quick yeah <laughs> <laughs> it would have been but, he wouldn't uh, have been missing shots no. Be like, oh, a dragon? Huh. Oh, this is good hunting. Because you know, Thandriel, uh, he fought dragons because he says it in the story. Yeah. He, you know, he's just, his elven magic's hiding his scars, but he's got like dragon scars on his face where he's fighting the dragons from the east. Yeah. 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 This, uh, you know, dealing with dragons is something that's like one of his specialities. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's killed dragons. Yeah. So he could have maybe fought that one, but I think Smaug was supposed to be made out to be like the king of all dragons type thing. Kind of like how Alduin is. In yeah. Skyrim. I was about to mention that in Skyrim. <laughs> like yeah. that's supposed to be Smaug basically. Alduin's kind of Damn. like, yeah. Tolkien just ripped off Skyrim so much. Yeah. <laughs> Bethesda needs to look, look into that. Cause it's yeah. like, man, he that's a lawsuit. So that's a lawsuit. Tolkien. Yeah, exactly. We're just kidding. We know Skyrim is basically the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> Even the dragon board. <laughs> it's Bethesda ripping off. Yeah. yeah. Hey, but Tolkien. everyone does uh, in some degree if you're doing fantasy. You yeah. Know? Well, if you're doing anything like fantasy, like an RPG, the first thing you do is you try to build your shit to be somewhat like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, Even Dungeons and Dragons borrows from it. Yeah, and Bethesda does the best job of uh, ripping it off. <laughs> Rip that, basically. <laughs> so on that note, we'll take a we'll take a little break here, and then when we uh, when we come back, uh, we will talk about. Uh, uh, we'll talk about discrepancies in the book. 
uh, and the movie. And the I feel like we've been up. talking about the whole time. Yeah, but we'll go into more detail with it like this. This will be a little okay. bit of a smaller comment, and then we'll get to the other stuff. But Okay, so we've been doing into... like some Alan Fine shit, but we really need to be doing some Kevin Feige shit. Right, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so we'll take a break, and then when we come back, we'll get into uh, nitpicky stuff. Just to cover that over, uh, go over to cover that, and then mm-hmm. we'll get on with the rest of it. Right. Come to me, always on the run. A destiny. Because if uh, if anybody's bad company in this movie, it's Thor and Oakenshield. Because he didn't have a shotgun, but he's damn sure got an oak branch and a sword. He will fuck you up. <laughs> bad company until the day he dies. Yep. Which we're not going to be talking about that day to day. But that day <laughs> will come. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah. The... Uh, one of the things that I wanted to go ahead and take care of was get to some of the nitpicky type shit that we have going on. Get down to the nitty gritty. To the nitty gritty stuff, right? That people seem to hate. So anytime you're adapting a book, you're going to have butthurt people that are like, that wasn't in the book. So let's go ahead and knock that shit out of the way so we can move past it all. Um, right. So it says, uh, the poor novella, yep, Lord of the Rings is a novel trilogy, The Hobbit, only a small novella, yet both are a trilogy of films, question marks, was so stretched out that the original uh, uh, and added material could be equal to each other, and whatever was taken from the book was mutilated for reasons unknown. In the book, Azog is a goblin, not an orc, and is killed by Dane, not Thorin, and his son Bolg replaced him in Moria. The stone giants are only a dwarf legend about thunder. Radagast isn't the main character in any Tolkien work that I know of because he doesn't give a damn about the wars of humans, elves, and the rest. The Dolgoldur conflict and the ousting of the necromancer actually has nothing to do with the Hobbit. Also, there's no toilet humor in the scene with the trolls. In the book, Gandalf gives the trolls advice in troll voice, makes them change their minds so many times that dawn comes. In the movie, a troll blows his nose on Bilbo, and then Bilbo starts a lecture on tapeworms. It was made so it would please a diaper-wearing kid, but don't make them, uh, don't make them sad. Uh, I hate the tragic scene leads to a happy end formula, which was abused, raped, killed, buried, taken out of the grave, raped again in this film. The heroes were lacking any defining traits so, so intense in the book. Only a Hollywood template, smart mouth guys with tactless jokes. 
They were given one-liners and catchphrases to define them instead. It wasn't always easy to see the difference between the certain dwarfs and the great goblin. And the book dwarfs are polite, but dry and greedy. And the book, kind-hearted heroic men. Uh, a bit stubborn, but... Uh, and loving to troll people now and then. Bilbo's not a conservative gentleman hobbit who gets carried away by his curiosity for adventure, but a timid teenager. Gandalf isn't a powerful, powerful mage, but a well-informed homeless guy. <laughs> Radagast is another one, and he's also homeless, and is schizophrenic as well, in, in addition. Might as well fit in Terry Gilliam's The Fisher King, an awesome movie, by the way. Actually, there was no Bilbo character at all. There was a combined character of Frodo, Sam, Merry, and Pippin from Lord of the Rings. Mm. <laughs> well, there's a lot to say about that. I mean, for one, Radagast um, isn't mentioned by name in the books, but he's sparringly in the books. Uh, he is the protector of the woodland. Uh, the wizard, and then you got the two blues, which who knows what they do. Uh, but it's kind of a rank situation. It's, um, you know, white, gray, and brown, uh, which, you know, uh, Saruman, the white, the white, and Gandalf, the gray, and then Radagast, the brown, and then the two blues. Um, Saruman's the only wizard that doesn't wear a hat because that's supposed to signify he's the leader. Oh, um, yeah, that's right, because Radagast and and, uh, and Gandalf both wear, like, hats. Of they wear degree. hats. Saruman never wears one. Yeah, he's Gandalf always wears the stereotypical wizard hat with a pointed end, yeah. Yeah, Saruman um, uh, doesn't have any control over Gladriella. Um, uh because she is something different. Uh, she is something that... Um, super powerful, by the way. There's a scene in the movie uh, where they think that... Uh, when they fight the necromancer. Mm -hmm. uh, where they think that she used this as a um, little prop to spin when she goes down or whatever. She doesn't. That's just Kate Blanchett. Oh, she does all that herself. There's no props. She just does it. Oh. Yeah, because a lot of people were like, well, they use that prop to spin her in that scene or whatever. Nope, that's just Kate Blanchett. Yeah. She's just doing what she does. She was only on the <laughs> she was only on the set for eight hours to film all of her scenes. Yeah. Yeah. So she pretty much nails shit whenever she walks on set. Yeah. Well, like Galadriel, is she supposed to be is she a Maiar spirit like Gandalf is and the yes. Eagles? But she's but she's an elven spirit. She's an elven one. So okay, yeah, so she's more be, powerful. Because that's why, yeah. Because remember, you were you were telling me earlier that's the reason she can communicate to Gandalf. Like because they're connected. Those two specific, yeah. uh, specifically are connected. Uh, that's why they can talk to each other without speaking. They're the only two in the entire movies that can do it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, they're the only two in the, any of the movies that can speak without speaking because they're connected. Yeah. And then Gandalf <laughs> can communicate to the eagles through like butterflies, basically Big butterflies or moths. They were moths or, to me. Yeah. It's was, well, was a butterfly in this movie. It was a moth, I think. And, and the other movie. And so any insect, I guess that can fly 
yeah, he can basically he can basically put a message to whatever that is, yeah. and then when it because he can speak. Um, what is he speaking when he speaks to those butterfly? Is, is, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it was it's is it Elvish? Because I don't think that the Eagles would respond to Elvish. It would ha- it, no, it probably would have to be Elvish because aren't they the, supposed to be the most in tune with nature? Maybe you know, or it could be that maybe the Eagles can also understand Elvish. So if he speaks Elvish to the to the the moth or the butterfly or whatever it is, who knows? Maybe it's yeah. Cantonese. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Uh, yeah, it'll be like no, actually, it's like yeah, it's like actually, if you break down what he's saying, he's actually talking Cantonese. <laughs> he's speaking Cantonese, and then people people in in China would be like, oh, he is speaking fucking Cantonese. He is speaking Cantonese. Yeah. So- Holy shit, we didn't ever realize that. He said, I'm the one with the biggest dick. Do what I say. <laughs> it's like, well, Peter Jackson's a perv. I am you, <laughs> You are all my bitch. <laughs> you are all my bitch. Now go get me them eagles. Yeah. <laughs> they come back with Donovan McNabb. Not those eagles, damn it. Not those eagles. <laughs> <laughs> Donovan McNabb and, and Westbrook, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then they bring back the band, the eagles. It's like, yeah. no, who no. would want them? Yeah. Fuck. Giant fucking flying eagles. <laughs> Real eagles. Yeah. <laughs> the actual bird. Um, Not the band or the football team. But, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so okay, so we'll do this because we were talking about, because uh, we've already talked about Elrond a little bit. We talked about Lady Galadriel, Sauron. People fucking hated that they're in this movie. <laughs> Why? Yeah, people... People just hate cameos. Apparently, they they feel like it's a cash grab. It's like, hey, remember Lord of the Rings? Well, here's characters from Lord of the Rings that you remember. But do they hate cameo? Uh, no, because if they do, they need to word up. <laughs> so word up. Hey, pretty lady. I think if you didn't explain that, that would have went over like a thousand heads. Right? Yeah, like- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, if you're uh, if you're listening to this and you don't know when we name drop cameo, what the fuck that is. That's 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 an artist from like the '80s that made this song called "Word Up." <laughs> yeah, yeah. That uh, corn covered later. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, corn uh, food didn't cover it later. The band, the band corn, <laughs> the band corn, and not corn elder, the cornerback that used to play for Miami. Different kind yeah. of corn. <laughs> Although he could probably be in that band at this point. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, he's probably better than Fielding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway. You ruined corn, Fielding. Yeah, you ruined corn forever. We hate you. <laughs> uh, no, we, we're we beyond the hate, but. We like you. We like you, Fielding, <laughs> when you're not doing your dubstep stuff. You suck at that. <sighs> Do that shit in a different band. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so. Uh, let's talk about the uh, the cameos thing really quick here, because this is uh, this is this is like a smaller comment. Uh, it says the structure of this movie is very similar to Fellowship of the Ring. It starts with a backstory telling historical events concerning the plot, just like in Lord of the Rings. Then a fellowship is formed who travel around visiting elves, climbing mountains, avoiding an avalanche of rocks and or snow. Fighting through underground tunnels like the Goblin Town and then the Mines of Moria and Lord of the Rings. There's even a council involved and we see many characters from Lord of the Rings that weren't mentioned in the book. What was appealing to Lord of the Rings, what, you know, was appealing to Lord of the Rings crowd really necessary? What does it add to the story of the dwarves? 
the Hobbit was written from Bilbo's perspective, but the movie is trying uh, much too hard to be a grand epic story in the same vein as Lord of the Rings, while retaining the children's tale aspect from the book. It's unbalanced and simply does not work. We even have the needless cameos from Frodo, Elrond, Galadriel, and Sauron, who, uh, so we can remember that this is a that this is in the Lord of the Rings universe. It looks as if the warmed-up corpse of a 90-year-old Christopher Lee was a bad choice. A CGI version of his character might have been more hu- a more humane option to go with. Although the movie has enough CGI as it is. Oh, well. <laughs> Grand Marf Tarkin proved that that's a lie. Right, yeah. Um, that was gross to see. Because, um, <laughs> I mean, the man was alive. Why wouldn't he actually do this, you know? I mean, he didn't die until... 2015, because I looked it up earlier. I was like, "How much longer was it after he after he did these movies that he he passed away?" And it was 2015. So you know, rest in peace, Christopher Lee. Yeah, yeah, the man was a war hero. He was a fucking legendary actor. Look, sometimes you know you have to make a, a story. I think the hardest part of doing the hop is okay. If you do one, you're gonna leave stuff out. You can't just do two. Uh, you, you've got to do three. The Battle of the Five Armies should be a movie on its own. Right. Because you can't just have an on-screen live-action movie of a battle that lasts five minutes. Because they'd be like, oh, well, that's all you're going to do with the Battle of the Five Armies? <laughs> the skirmish of the five armies? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> skirmish. Oh, I'm mad at you. I'm mad at you too, but we have to hurry up and do this movie in one movie or fucking these trolls are going to bitch. You know what? Regardless <laughs> Internet of Internet trolls, happened, not actual trolls. <laughs> yeah, well, they, those guys are bitches too. Yeah. <laughs> fucking trolls. And yeah. it doesn't matter how the trolls are turned into stone, by the way. The, the Just the results are the same. It yeah. doesn't matter. You can change things from book to movie. Actually, it happens... Probably 95% of the time. Yeah. Because a lot of things just don't make sense in the context whenever you're actually writing a screenplay for a book. Yeah. So you're like, well, that didn't happen in the books. And it's like, okay, well, hear me on this. Who gives a fuck? Right. (laughs) Is the movie flowing like a movie is supposed to flow? Or do they have to purposely mess up that flow? To appease the people that read the books, we get it. It's the same thing with the Game of the uh, uh, Game of Thrones people. Oh well, that didn't happen in the book. And it's like, oh well, who gives a fuck? Because this is a Game of Thrones story. It has all the same characters, you know, deaths and stuff. But you can't put everything in the show. You have yeah. to cut some things out. Same thing with the Hobbit. Like everything that happens in the Hobbit does happen in these movies. It's just a little bit extended of a story because it makes the most sense on screen. Well, yeah, and especially, like, uh, you know, the the thing, like, going back to, like, the, the other comment where we, you know, you were talking about the trolls, the, the I think the idea of, of having Bilbo have to figure that out because the, the dwarves aren't sure what to do. They just kind of like, well, fuck, we're going to get eaten. And then Bilbo's like, you know, it's like he hears them talking about like, you know, we need to hurry up because, I, you know, I don't fancy getting turned into stone. And he's like, oh, shit. OK, so when when dawn breaks and dawn, you know, and the sun comes up, then they're going to turn to stone. We can get the hell out of here. 
I need to find a way to, to like, you know, to, to uh, stall for time. And it's like, I think that if you have Bilbo doing that, it makes more sense in the context of the movie because the movie is about Bilbo trying to expand his horizons. If you have it like it was in the book where Gandalf just does all this and it's like, well, fuck, why the fuck is Bilbo here? Yeah, you know, what, Gandalf's Bilbo- so awesome. He can just do his just do his wizard stuff and make shit happen. Then there's no reason for Bilbo being here. You know what Bilbo does in the books? Be a friend to most of the people. Yeah. When the Battle of Five Armies is going on, he sits on a hill at a rock and watches his friends die. Right. Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> We're taking it to Golden Girls. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I got a Golden Girls reference in. Yes. <laughs> I think that's the second time that's happened on this show. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is the second time. Yeah, it is the second time. <laughs> yeah. But, hey, we're going to break records here soon. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you can't make a cinematic movie where it's like, okay, well, the main character is just going to be sitting up there watching while all these people die, and he's not going to do anything. With a, with, a, with a bag of Doritos just With a bag of Doritos, like, all my friends are down there dying. Oh, man, I really wish I could do that something. sucks. That really sucks. I'm going to have a really good story to tell later, though. Yeah, I'm going to write a book. Yeah. So That's pretty if, lame. Yeah, that's not... For a movie. And you why would you cast Martin Freeman and not give him shit to do? Yeah, it's like, we just casted Martin Freeman. Well, you know, just set him on the rock up there and let him watch Thorin die. Yeah. It's like, who kills Thorin? You never see. He's just dying. <laughs> he gets stabbed, and he's dying, and then he comes in there, and he's like, you're a good friend, and he dies. Yeah. And it's like, uh, that's not, you know, that's not climatic at all. It's just kind of like, okay. Like, yeah. you get the point when you read the books, but yeah, there has to be more to it. There has to be more of a connection, which is why it's three movies. Yeah. Because you get more time to develop the story between, well, the dwarves specifically as they as as they make their way into Erebor and and shit starts to change, you know, because it's, it, Thorin starts to change, he starts to become greedy like his grandfather was, you know that he, he develops through that story, and you have uh, Bilbo going from somebody who doesn't want to take part in all this, he doesn't understand why all the dwarves are at his house, and then eventually having to be you know, one of the uh, few people that actually can step up and help out because he actually helps the dwarves out several times in this movie. And for one, they didn't get fucking eaten because, you know, he basically stalled them long enough until uh, by giving them that like bullshit story about how, you know, all the dwarves are infected with parasites and they've got worms in their guts and everything. And then the, and then um, they were like, you got worms and yeah, screw you and stuff. And then Thorin like kicks them and he's like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah, infested. We got so we got all kinds of parasites. Yeah, because you know because Thorin's like, like he's, he's trying to help us. He's trying to help us. He's trying to make it where you know hopefully they won't they won't want to eat us because they think we're we're diseased or something. It's like what he says to Gandalf after, and it's like you managed to survive, and it's like no help to your to uh, your burglar, and he's like I didn't see any of you doing anything. Right. Yeah. And he was like. Yeah, <laughs> he's well, just kind of like true. it's true <laughs> because Bilbo is the only one who actually tries to stall for time. The doors are just kind of accepted; they're probably going to get eaten. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Until Gandalf hits that rock and splits it open with his staff, and then it's like they're like, ah, they all get like. Does he say frozen. the sun shall take you all or yeah. something like that? He always has the best lines. Yeah, you shall not pass. Yeah, boom, boom. man, it's that's a badass. Like one bridge. of the baddest, most badass things I've ever seen in theaters. Because we watched 
the first Lord of the Rings in theaters, and then you know see Gandalf fall, and you're like, oh my god, oh fuck, man, Gandalf, Gandalf is dead and stuff. On? And then the start of the next movie, of the, of the two towers, the two towers is Gandalf falling and fighting the Balrog. Yeah. All the way with a fucking sword, with a fucking sword, sword and stuff, and you're like, it. "Holy Fuck. shit!" Like watching it in theaters, like, "Oh my god, this is fucking awesome!" Yeah, this is why Gandalf <laughs> is here because he's fucking epic. You know, I mean, he even helps them a shit ton whenever they're fighting the goblins, and he's like fucking slicing goblins up, and he's like hitting them with a staff. Yeah, and he's like he went fucking full dual wield mode and just mm-hmm. started like going ham on these motherfuckers. Yeah, and that's. One of the things I think that's cool about this is that, like, you know, some people say that, like, well, uh, you know, Gandalf, like, he doesn't really seem like he's much of a wizard because he doesn't use his magic very often. And it's like he uses his magic when it's absolutely necessary because, you know, I think he feels like if he can do it a different way, he can. His magic is kind of like his oh shit button. Well, in the books, he did use his magic kind of a lot. But Peter Jackson toned it down because he said he didn't want magic to be a solution to everything. Right. Like, well, why didn't you do that? It's like Gandalf won't. Gandalf's there as a guide. Yeah. Um, because he's, you know, it's kind of like a spiritual guide. You know, he's an immortal spirit. Um, so he needs the people that live in the world that are going to live in the world after he's gone to do these things on their own. Right. Like he will help save them, you know, and fight with them, but he's not going to fight the battles on his own. Right. Well, and and that's, uh, I think another thing too, is like when you watch the beginning of this movie and they're like, you know, they're like, but we, you know, we have a, we have a wizard though. Like we have a powerful wizard. We got, we got something on our side. And then, you know, how many dragons have you killed? Well, how many? And he's like, Uh, I mean, I think I think he's he's trying to be humble. He's probably killed plenty of dragons. He's probably killed a few dragons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Gandalf's probably killed about anything that's probably about twenty thousand years old. His his immortal spirit is. Yeah, he's probably in other forms fought and killed dragons. Yeah, and so that, but you know, he doesn't he doesn't want them to think like, oh, well, we have Gandalf here, so when we get to Smaug. He could just start casting magic at it with his, you know, with it. his with his staff and just start killing the dragon. And we got oh, boom, we're rich, baby. We got our kingdom back. We got all of our gold yeah, that's, back. That's not what he wants. Yeah, you know, he's, he's like, he I need you guys need to actually earn it the good the good way. You yeah, know? he he needs to guide people. That's what he's there for. Yeah, that's you like, know because I mean he's there to help to a degree the same way the eagles can help to a degree. Yeah, Radagast is in isolation. Saruman's corrupt. You know, the blues, they're non-existent, basically. Yeah, you don't hear anything about the blue wizards. Yeah, and then, you know, there's there are only five. So Gandalf's really the only one that's trying to save, you know, the world. Yeah. He, he's always trying to do it. Like, he has a connection with the hobbits because that's what he thinks that that type of thing was need to be saved. Their purity. Right. The good in the world. I mean, that's what he always talks about. Like yeah. Saruman's always like, nah, that's not necessary. We don't have to do that. And he's supposed to be the leader of the wizards. But most of the time Gandalf's like, nah, fuck that. I'm doing that anyway, because this is what needs to happen for the good of the world. Yeah. 
And that's why, you know, Saruman could beat him whenever he was the gray, but when he was the white. Yeah. Was, it was super easy, barely an inconvenience. <laughs> yeah, when he when he goes uh, full Super Saiyan, Super Saiyan white and becomes Gandalf the white, he starts to really fuck shit up because he yeah. has power levels even. It's over 9,000. Yeah, because <laughs> there's the one scene where he corrupted the one, um, what was the dude he corrupted that Saruman had his hold over? Um, Grima Wormtongue. Yeah, yeah, and he, yeah, yeah, and he had this holdover him or whatever, and he was uh, mind controlling him. He was mind controlling him, and uh, he was trying to fight Gandalf after he was the white, and he just banished that shit out yeah. of the dude's body or whatever. And Sar- you see Saruman in his tower fall on the floor or whatever, and it's like, yeah, when Gandalf's the white, you can't fuck with him because no. he he's the most powerful wizard now. Yeah. And Saruman was pretty much done, like, uh, um, because uh, Sauron pretty much abandoned him after that, and then left him, you know, for the the trees to fucking demolish his shit. Yeah, because well, he didn't even Grima, help him after yeah, that. Grima stabbed him in the back, literally, and like, you know, murdered him from behind. Yeah, he murdered him. him. Yeah, and all that happened because you know, uh, and the Ents just destroyed his tower. <laughs> yeah, they were destroying his tower, but. As soon as he seen that Gandalf was more powerful than them, he he abandoned his power for him. Yeah. Because if he would have kept it, none of that would have happened. He would he wouldn't have been able to be stabbed in the back. Yeah. But yeah, he was just like, well, you're no more used to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you have no control over any of the wizards anymore. No. Because I'm pretty sure the parts that you don't see is like Radagast starting to beat defeat the evil in the forest and stuff like that because of, you know, all that, all that was going on. So, yeah, because he's the, he's the forest wizard. Yeah. And whatever the fuck the blues do, I guess like sea wizards or something. <laughs> I'm guessing that makes sense. <laughs> oh, maybe <laughs> water wizards. Uh, maybe they defeat the evil fish. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Help Aquaman, you know. Aquaman. They yeah. might be Aquaman. Yeah. Uh, well, what is what is uh? So the the gray wizard. What is the gray wizard supposed to be? If the brown wizard runs the forest and the and nature, it's kind of Earth. Gray is, I think, life. I mean, I think he was supposed to be like a protector of life. I, I guess. I guess you, know, you could say that. Yeah, because that's pretty much what he does through all the movies. All of them. Like he's yeah. the. You know, he's kind of the protagonist. He's the main guy. That sets up the entire stories for both of the trilogies. Yeah, as Gandalf is basically the the one thing that's constant between mm-hmm. the Hobbit trilogy and the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah, I would say that he's the main character. Yeah, I mean the the the, the Bagginses, uh, Frodo and Bilbo, are the the you know considered the two main characters generally. They are, but I would say that in like in both movies. Gandalf is the other main character besides the hobbits that are, you know, yeah. either Bilbo in this movie helping the dwarves and stuff, or Frodo carrying the ring, you know, because uh, he's the main character basically of the Lord of the Rings. Frodo is because he's the one that's carrying the ring. He's the bearer of the burden, you know, that kind of thing. But the other main character is Gandalf, and he is fucking awesome. <laughs> he is. But, always uh, Sir Ian McKellen. Yeah, uh, but, uh, you know, but that's the thing is that, like, you know, getting back to just, just to finish that point up, 
where it's like people say that they, they borrowed from the Lord of the Rings too much and they even kind of copied some of the formula. It's like, you know, it, it's like George Lucas would always say about Star Wars is he was like, you know, it's like poetry and then it rhymes. There are certain things in these trilogies, the reason why they're built with a somewhat similar story structure is because it's familiar. It's something that you recognize, you know, the whole idea of like, you know, the dwarves coming together is kind of like the fellowship coming together, you know, in the Lord of the Rings movie where you have all the different, uh, the different representatives. Cause you have Aragorn, you have Legolas, you have Gimli, you know, you've all these different uh, races working together to try and help, you know, destroy Sauron, uh, you know, Sauron and Sauron and the ring and everything. And yeah, it's the old HG Wells, uh, equation, everything that, uh, has happened uh, and can happen, will happen again. Will happen again, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just um, great literature. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I think, one of the things about this is that because it does have a very Lord of the Rings type of feel, it's like, is that bad that it has a Lord of the Rings like feel to it? If it didn't have any type of Lord of the Rings type feel, people would fucking riot. Yeah, people already don't like it like it is, and it does have the Lord of the Rings feel. Yeah, I mean, people but. would riot more because, I mean, <laughs> look at Star Wars as an example. Yeah. It's like, oh, that wasn't exactly like the other Star Wars, so fuck this movie. And right, it's like, yeah. Jesus. And then they make a movie that's basically just a derivative of the original movie, and people are like, oh, we love this. It's like, basically, you, you people are sheep. It's basically a new hope with a new shiny coat of paint. Yeah, it's like, this is just repainted version. That's not fun. That's why we didn't cover uh, The Force Awakens, because we like that movie. I have no problem with that movie. Yeah. But if you look at it, even when we left the theater, we're like, it's a good movie, and we like some of the new characters. We, we kind of like what they were doing with it. Yeah. But it feels like a new hope, like, you know. Like, I'm like, I've seen this half. movie before. Yeah. This, I've it, seen this movie already. It feels kind of like a remake of A New Hope, and it yeah. feels kind of shallow. Yeah, I was like, this This isn't, you can't credit the directors, you can't credit the writers, you can't credit anyone on that. You can watch it and enjoy it, and that's fine, and we, we did we did enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, there's nothing um, unique about it. There's no one that deserves any type of praise, except maybe the actors. J.J. Abrams did what was safe. Yeah, and he's going to do what's safe again, because yeah. that's all he knows. He's he's too much of a fanboy to be directing these movies. Yeah. And Ryan Johnson, he likes Star Wars, but he also likes to he likes to use it as a sandbox. He's like, okay, I don't have to build the same castle that George Lucas built, but I could build my own castle and do my own shit. Well, George Lucas didn't even like to play in his own sandcastle over and over again, because he did the prequels some of, were different from the original. Yeah, exactly, they were completely different, and that's what people hate about them too. Yeah, and it's like anything original, they just fucking hate it. Yeah, people didn't like the Empire Strikes Back when it came out, so I think people eventually start to warm up to the Last Jedi eventually. Well, and when the prequels came out, people loved it, and I, I remember that. Like people were like, "These things are awesome," and then in the new generation, when you have these little dickless imps like Patton Oswald and stuff doing their entire comedy shows based off hating Star Wars prequels, then that, that just creates more hate. <laughs> I can't breathe right now. I, I, I've lost my shit and you said dickless imp. <laughs> oh, God. Okay.
okay, we're still recording. Okay, I was making sure I didn't click on something and fuck something up. Oh, okay. <laughs> but anyway, getting back to the Lord yeah. of the Rings universe. Um, so we have uh, we have uh, two comments left. Well, I'll, okay, I'll go into this part because um, people, when I was going through the comments, a lot of people did not like the dwarves of this movie. They just had they just had all kinds of nitpicks about the dwarves, you know. And Interesting it, fact about the dwarves: Ori is the one. Whenever you get in the Lord of the Rings and they're trying to pass through the mines of Moria, yeah, uh, Ori is the one that he picks up the book and starts reading from. Uh-huh. Uh, and the tomb is Balin. Yeah, B- yeah, Balin. He's the uh, yeah, he's, he's the gray haired dwarf. Yeah, he was the one that was dead in the tomb right there. So that was Ori that wrote about them getting cornered in there. And then that's Balin in the tomb. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's interesting how that works together. Yeah. Yep. So that's where they ended up. Yeah. Yeah, nobody wants to go through the mines of Moria. <laughs> Especially with it being overrun like it is when they first get there. Yeah. Um, but, Man, fucking uh, Legolas kills a lot of fucking people. Yes. They need to do one of those things that's like, you know, a kill count meter and it just has like Legolas and how many how many orcs and yeah, different he, things he kills. He fucking slaughters some goblins in that fucking Yeah. Goblins and, and orcs. Yeah, orcs. He was just fucking yeah. you just see him like falling. Because that's whenever he gets the uh uh infinity thing. The infinity quiver? Yeah, infinity quiver or whatever. Because in the Hobbit he doesn't have it yet, but he does get an infinity quiver like later on. And that's why he never runs out of arrows anymore. Yeah. Because they just keep, you know, it's, it's infinite. That's it. I would love to see how they would explain that. Like, is it just like a magical artifact? Well, you know, like the one ring is, well, I hate to mention, uh, something else Skyrim ripped off, but they do <laughs> use like magic of voice a lot in the Lord of the Rings books. Yeah. And, you know, song and stuff like that, pretty much just like Skyrim. Um, but a lot of things are enchanted just by uh, words. Ah, okay. So that's probably how it was enchanted. So he might have done that with some kind of elvish magic. Probably. Yeah. Because so, uh, that would be interesting if he did it or if like it was given to him. It was probably given to him. Yeah. Um, I imagine because him and um, Argon had like fucking like all kinds of crazy quests that they, they speak of and mention in the books and stories. And that would be cool if the entire Amazon series were about them too. It was like Legolas and Aragorn. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, the ranger and the and the, the Prince of Mirkwood <laughs> just going around, just, you know. They just, they just walk in. They just walk into a castle. We're here to fuck shit up. <laughs> we're here to fuck shit up, and it's like, oh, bandits took that castle over, or whatever. They've been raiding our town and stuff like that. And just they've been what, capturing our women. Just see, like Legolas, like look at Aragorn. It's like we'll take care of it. You, you need some more guys? No, we'll take care of it. Yeah, Aragorn's <laughs> like, no, we have all that we need. Yeah, but it's just it's just an elf and a man. We have all we need. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, then you watch like a whole episode of Legolas and fucking and Aragorn, Aragorn just, just like destroying like just these bandits in a castle or something. Going ham and just destroying like mm-hmm. a whole castle full of these like bandit assholes that have been like capturing women and like stealing food and 
shit like that. <laughs> that would yeah. be pretty cool. That'd be badass. If they announced that that's what they were doing with like the Lord of the Rings thing, they're like, oh yeah, we're doing a Lord of the Rings series. And you're like, oh, okay, wonder what that's going to be about. And they're like, well, it's basically going to be the adventures of Legolas and Aragorn. And you're like, okay, I'm down. <laughs> yeah, that'd be like a never ending show. <laughs> right. <laughs> They because could probably Legolas be like, immortal, they so. could probably be like, Orlando Bloom, do you want to come? Do you want to come do this? And be like, yeah, sure, sure. yeah. They'd be like, oh shit, we okay. <laughs> can we get Vigo? Can can you get a call into Vigo? Yeah, I can call Vigo, man. He'll do this if I'm What's, doing it. He'll do it. It's like, hey Vigo, you want to do this series with me? Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> How much is Amazon paying? <laughs> Plenty. <laughs> it's coming out of well, Jeff Bezos' budget, pocket. Their budget's a billion, so right. Yeah, you can afford Orlando Bloom and Viggo Mortensen. Yeah, uh, Bill, you better get some badass actors because that's an insane budget. Yeah, that's a fucking insane budget. Yeah, that's but, more than what they have for Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and HBO has money, but they don't put that much into it. HBO has money, but they don't have Amazon money. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. But uh, so we'll get into the the dwarves here because the the dwarves were. A sticking point for for some folks, I found. Oh, it was huge influence. Their names are yeah. hugely influenced off North mythology, almost to a T. Yeah, Feely, Keely, Ori, uh, uh, Dane is definitely one. Yeah, um, uh, Balin. Um, uh, I can't remember it's like all. Balin, Balin. The well, two Thorin, brothers. obviously. Thorin, yeah, because that's derived from Thor. Thor, and uh, then uh, Biffa. Bofa, Bomber. Yeah, almost all the names of all the dwarves are from Norse mythology. Yeah. Almost every one of them. Their pronunciation is a little different on some of them because they kind of put like a little Scottish twish, twist in some of That's the names. That's why they, they have like a Scottish accent in the movie. Yeah, but they're all like from Norse mythology because J.R. Tolkien was huge into Norse myth- mythology. Well, even the mark that... Uh, Gandalf scratches onto Bilbo's door is a it's a, is rune. A, it's a rune. It's a yeah. it's a it's a you know a Scandinavian rune. Yeah, it's a rune. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but anyway, so we'll, we'll talk about the doors for a bit. So it says a lot of the comedy I found to be very poor in this movie. Remembering the funny moments in Lord of the Rings, I can't help but wonder what happened to Jackson's sense of humor. Of course, a lot of the humor in Lord of the Rings was based around Gimli. Which uh, I was a little upset because in the books, dwarves are anything but comical. Never, nonetheless, I found myself genuinely laughing at the scene of Gimli talking about dwarven women to Eowyn. You know where there's like you know the you know the dwarven women even have beards too. <laughs> <laughs> um, the scene with uh, hobbits sparring with Boromir and attacking him jokingly. The scene with uh, one of the hobbits asking, "So where are we going at the Council of Elrond?" Uh, the scene at the party with Frodo throwing salmon to dance into a dance with Rosie, and the one where Frodo's asking Gandalf, uh, you know, Mordor Gandalf, is it left or right? I could go on and on. All these moments and many, many others still make me smile. And what do we get in the Hobbit? Trolls sneezing on Bilbo and and him warning the trolls not to eat the dwarves because they have worms. Really. The big problem here, I guess, is that Jackson decided to continue the Lord of the Rings trend of portraying the dwarves as clumsy, comical people. And since dwarves take up uh, much of the screen time of The Hobbit, it's unsurprising that it turned out to uh, having this uh, weird, supposedly comical undertone throughout. To me, it blunts all the seriousness of the story and destroys any tension or dramatic elements. If you're willing to succumb to it and you have a keen... uh, uh, a 
keen understanding uh, of every dialogue minutely, you may find how many things were actually not needed, like the jokes at the dinner table, just to establish the traits of the 13 dwarves. Uh, now must uh, now each must have contributed in any in any which way to help their king, but they are just lying and eating while Gandalf and Thorin do most of the job. I can't even call this teamwork. <laughs> it is teamwork, though. Yeah, I like I like how <laughs> I like that one thing where you know he was talking about like uh, you know about the doily or whatever, and he was like, "Well, it's a crochet." And he was like, ah, crochet, it's a good sport if you have the balls for it. <laughs> that was like one of my favorite yeah, ones in the that's movie. That's so good. Yeah, that was like really good. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I think as far as the, you know, for the dwarves, it's like Gimli was, you know, and he's a serious character, but a lot of times, yeah, he, he was kind of the comedy character from Lord of the Rings. But I think a lot of times it's because of him interacting with Legolas because him and Legolas have like this kind of rivalry going on. And it's like Legolas, you know, makes him, you know, crazy sometimes. So I think it's just kind of like it was just the company that he was he was with. Well, I th- also think that that has a lot to do with um, uh, the actor that played Gimli was just so charming and just so good in that role. Yeah, that they let him kind of let loose with it. And um, be, because that was little, some funny lines. What was his name? Um He's a big actor. I mean, he's a you know well-known actor. I, I forget his name off the top of my head, but uh, yeah, because he, he was also in like Raiders of the Lost Ark, and yeah, he's just so good and charming and really good at everything he does. They probably just kind of let him let loose with that character on his own, you know. And there's nothing wrong with that. And him, Orlando Bloom, had so so good chemistry on screen. You know, you can't. A lot of that stuff I don't think was pre-written. They were just like, "Oh, these guys really work well together." So, let's you know, let's let's have some fun with it. Yeah. Because you know, the kill count and stuff like that, that wasn't in the books. Yeah. I mean, that was something that they just it wasn't that just something that they came up with like did Orlando Bloom? Yeah, and, I think Orlando Bloom was one of the people that? that came up with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh because I I think that uh for the dwarves especially, it's like, you know, because this is adapted from like, you know, because The Hobbit's considered a children's book or it's considered like it's... I don't know why. I don't know, because people always, like, whenever I was reading this, everybody was like, oh, everybody knows The Hobbit's was, a, you know, The Hobbit was a children's book. And I'm like, I don't really know if Tolkien really wrote, like, kids' books necessarily. He wrote stuff that maybe kids would read, but it wasn't necessarily a kids' book. Yeah, it wasn't really, like, it might have... Kids is a misconception because when you think kids, you're thinking like my kids' age and stuff, or a little bit older, like five or six or something. This is right. like this is like a teenager's book. The Hobbit probably was like not like you know, kind of like Harry Potter. Like you, as a kid, you might be able to read the first one, uh, but as it grows up, like the Deathly Hollows, if you were like eight reading the Deathly Hollows, you'd be fucking horrified. Yeah. And these books were kind of like that. The Hobbit. I mean, people die in The Hobbit. Yeah. There's a lot of doors that die in yeah. the story. So that's really hard die. for a kid to understand a lot of times is death. So it, you might have read it when you were a kid, but you didn't understand it. Right. So. And, 
you know, oh, it was John Rhys Davies that was the John Rhys Davies. That's who we were because yeah, I knew his name. I just couldn't think of it off the top. Yeah, of my he's head. been in like a billion things, and he's great in everything he does. So right. I'm pretty sure getting John Rhys Davies, they were like, yeah, let's uh, let's just kind of like let him go with his classic charm and just make this fun, and he did. Because Gimli wasn't like that in any of the books, because you know Tolkien doesn't write him that way. Yeah, but he was a badass and he still was a badass and his character was right. And it's just, yeah, they just added some humor to him. Yeah. That's John Reese Davies. Just kind of like, Hey, you can actually pull it off. Yeah. So do it. I mean, it's a hard thing to pull off. You're in the dwarf. You're already in like comically amount of like makeup and shit. Yeah. And then you're still that good at acting on top of that. And I you mean, you have the beard on, you have the armor, he's carrying an axe. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he's all done up in that costume and everything. So it already kind of looks ridiculous. And then you're you're good enough an actor to still pull off that type of charm and stay in character all the time and have that chemistry with Lando Bloom. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I would just, just definitely let, it, let you go with it. They like, just let a badass actor go to work. That's basically what they did. And that's, that's what you call a good director. You can't be like, well, that's not how it was in the books. It's like, well, you know what? Sometimes the actors supersede the books. Yeah. And that's what happened here. And that's what happens in a lot of cases, you know? Yep. Cause honestly, when you, you, <laughs> I read all the Harry Potter's book, Harry Potter's books. <laughs> uh, it's a Harry Potter book about potting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, written in Denver where uh, pot's legal. Where yeah. pot's legal, yeah. It was it's written by Daniel Radcliffe in Denver about yeah. him growing pot as Harry Potter. Uh it's like but the whole but the you know the whole state of Colorado can has legalized pot. It's like, nah, but I mean it realistically it's Denver. What the fuck else is there in Colorado? Yeah, basically the rest of it's like a Aspen. desolate fucking snow. <laughs> Apocalypse. It basically just looks like Skyrim. <laughs> yeah, it's all just Skyrim. Like Every time we talk I'm pretty about- sure there's frost trolls. Yeah. I mean, you have like human horses because John Elway's there. Right. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> the only man to be running a franchise that does, in fact, look like his logo. Exactly. I mean, the logo was probably drawn for him, except, you know, he, he has a bigger ass. Right. Uh, or uh, it is a bigger ass, I meant. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, if we're talking about big asses, we have to mention Nicki Minaj. But that's a whole other conversation. It's just something John has to do. Yeah, a whole other conversation. Yeah. Uh, we, we'll, we'll wrap it up here in a second. But I had to throw a comment in there about the CG. And this will be a short comment. So this isn't very, like, you know, very detailed. But people fucking hate the CG in this movie. What CG specifically? I will, I will go. I will, I will read it, and then you you can just feed off of that. So it says CGI. Too much is too much. The excessive reliance on computer generated graphics cheapens the experience and distances the viewer from the characters. Many scenes look uh, like they were taken out of a video game cutscene. Some characters, like Azog, are completely CG. In addition to excessive amounts of CG, the movie had a lot of action sequences with crazy camera movements impossible to obtain with an actual camera, which again contributes to the video game effect. The film is simply a vehicle showcasing the technical improvements in CGI, uh, 3D and recording techniques, uh, like the doubled frame rate, which oddly enough makes the actual picture seem completely unconvincing. All I saw was a bunch of dressed up, overpaid actors rehashing the lines they memorized for the scenes they were in. The added realism, which is brought about... uh, 
by the improvements in recording, uh, you know, uh, garners the complete opposite of what they aimed for. Everything seems detached from what could be a steady canvas onto which the story is painted. Well, for one, you're watching movies wrong because any movie I watch, I don't, I don't even think about some of that stuff because you're just watching it. Uh, you're supposed to be engulfed in fiction when you watch movies, right? You're not supposed to be thinking like, "Well, how do they get that shot?" Or yeah, well, that's how clear. do they make the Goblin King? They must have had a guy in a suit, yeah, and then they they put like the Goblin King and like he has like the weird you know, thing on his neck and all that kind of stuff. If you're thinking about that, you're not actually watching the fucking movie. Yeah. Is that what the problem is with some of these assholes? They're thinking too much about how they made the movie and not actually just watching it for the story. Yeah. You're supposed to suspend disbelief. Yeah. That's the same thing that they used to do back in the day before there was moving pictures. Whenever there's plays they still do to this day, whenever there's plays, you're not supposed to be like, Oh, well there's a wire. I mean, He's not really flying. I mean, they're on the stage. These yeah. guys are actors. You're not really Peter Pan. You're, nothing you're but not a really fucking... Peter Pan. Fuck you, man. You're, you're you're nothing but a miserable pile of lies. <laughs> and it's like, no, you're the miserable one. You're sitting here. You paid for a play that you didn't, that you were never going to enjoy. And, you know, like strings and stuff like that. You shouldn't even see those when you're watching plays. You shouldn't even, be, because you can only see it if you're looking for it. Right. And that's the same thing with these these movies. It's like you're you're looking for what's made of CGI, so you can sit there and complain. And these complaints didn't start until the original Star Wars, uh, uh, the prequels were made. Yeah. And then everyone started complaining about CGI. But before then, there was a lot of CGI. I mean, sci-fi has a whole network off of poorly CGI movies, yeah. and they're successful. Yeah. Because people expect it. But whenever you're like, I'm going to go watch a Star Wars movie, but they better not use any fucking CGI. And it's like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Because for one, no one's going to sit there and just hand build every fucking prop just to, to, to baby you. Yeah. I mean, they're they're going, these multi-million dollar directors and stuff like that, they're going to do what they want to do to make the movie look as real as possible. I yeah. still watch movies that I've seen 15 times, you know, or 20 times, and I get surprised at scenes because I don't think about the last time I watched them. I'm just thinking about the time I'm watching it now. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing. It's like, especially for CG, because it's like, in order for you to create the Lord of the Rings universe, there's some things you have to do in CG, like, you know... Azog, you have to do as a CG character because of like of how he looks. I think they just the took uh, Tom Brady's face whenever he was a rookie oh, and pasted yeah, yeah, it yeah, onto yeah. Azog's. They they based <laughs> Azog off of rookie Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, guy. yeah, I think that's what they did. Fresh out of Michigan with his fucked up face and all. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like that's the thing. Like I think that uh, um, as far as the CG goes, you can't make shit like wargs. You can't make goblins. You can't make trolls. You can't make fucking rabbits pulling a sleigh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I mean, I wish. I wish. And you can't make that shit happen in real life. You know how long it would take to train fucking like 12 bunnies to fucking pull a sled for you? You would have to jack them up some roids. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you're going to be some strong fucking bunnies. <laughs> you're going to be some strong ass Here's bunnies. the shit Lance Armstrong used. Right, <laughs> yeah. 
inject this straight into your legs. You guys will be good to go. Yeah. Yeah. You'll but it's like that shit doesn't exist. So why, why the fuck are we complaining about CG stuff? It's like, we know that none of this shit exists. It's a fucking movie. Now, if you was watching JFK and there was a bunch of CGI in it, then maybe bitch, because there's yeah. no reason for it. Yeah. But in fucking fantasy movies and shit, there's going to be it. And if you don't like it, don't fucking watch it because it's not your type of movie. Yeah. They'll be like, well, in Avatar, those things are real. They're all CGI. No shit. They have to be CGI because it's a fucking alien. They're aliens. Aliens aren't real. And you would fucking bitch. It'd just be like a sci-fi original movie if they were in blue suits. Because right. it'd look fucking ridiculous. Yeah. So don't, don't, talk to, don't talk to us about stuff that you're you don't want to believe because you don't have the imagination or the want to, to sit there and suspend disbelief. So you can watch a fucking movie all the way through without bitching. Yeah. But you're miserable ass. Well, that's the thing. Like people always carry their baggage into these movies and it's like, just like, I, you know, I, I guess to go ahead and wrap up like our point here, it's like, the thing is, is like, we have two more movies to go. So we're, some of these, we're things not are, done destroying you. Yeah. We're not done fucking you guys up yet because this is just, this is just part one. But this Hobbit you were holding up, we want beyond the hate yeah. signs in the stadium. And we're going to do what to, we're going to do to you what we're about to do to fucking Oklahoma. Right. <laughs> so you guys brace yourselves and get ready for this shit. Prepare your anus. <laughs> <laughs> because it's about to go down. Right. We've got two more movies and we're just now warming up. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Alabama has two more games, so and they're just now warming up. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the, this is these things are connected. Yes. Uh, domination. <laughs> but uh, but uh, what do you have for our uh, our end card game? Okay, today? so we are going to uh, do. Um, let's see. We're going to name. Oh, let's name Peter Jackson movies until one of us can't name one. Um. And then whoever doesn't name it has to read these as, let's see, who's who's in this movie? Uh, let's see, let's do, let's do old Gandalf. Let's try to do it in a Gandalf voice. Gandalf voice? It's a hard voice. We'll both fuck it up, but that would be fun. Yeah. Okay, Peter Jackson movies. Um I don't know how many he's actually done. I don't know, and I—I I mean, I can flip over to IMDb, but I'd be cheating. So it'd like, definitely uh, be cheating. What's so, uh, <laughs> uh, okay? Um, King Kong. Uh, well, fuck, that was the one I was gonna use. <laughs> I don't really know what else he has besides that, and then like you know, The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings stuff, because those are obvious. Right, those are obvious. Um, well, shit, I don't know. Like, I don't know what else he's got going on besides that. Uh, well, I know he had Mortal Engines. Oh, well, I already to... fucking lost then because I totally forgot. He well, did that. that was very short. I'll, <laughs> I'll read the cards this time. Okay. Um, let's see. How, how does Gandalf sound? Looking for someone to share an adventure. I'll go with yeah. that voice. That's a, that just sounds like just, just an old, old man voice. Old man voice. Yeah. Because you, you're you're not doing the English accent, so you're you know it's kind of just like a regular American. Just an old yeah American yeah. old man voice. MC Tackhammer, <laughs> Jim Nut Harry, Victor Von Dudu, Jackie Dan, Bilbo Paxton. 
Thank you and good night. And remember, it's all fun and games until we show up. Listen on Spotify, Anchor, Google, iTunes, and many, many more. And look forward to our uh, newest episodes coming out, which is going to be The Hobbit all month. And yep, we're uh, doing all three bitches. If yes. you didn't like The Hobbits, you're definitely not going to like it now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> like, subscribe, five star reviews, all that good stuff. This has been Beyond the Hate. Peace. Searching for a reason, another purpose to find. I've said the seas about my many demons. I've looked to gods in the skies. I've stood in hell, what many had to suffer. I'll stare the devil in the eyes. What many roads to win this ancient honor and fail the great gates of power? How many stars question my conviction? Give all these ideas a Oh, take it all off. While I'm standing in the